Hello, good evening everyone and welcome to Top Tip Tuesday Masterclass and we are on our first Top Tip Tuesday Masterclass returning from the Christmas uh, Christmas break, what am I talking about? The summer break, um, so I have not been, hello everyone who's joining I haven't been on our Top Tip Tuesday Masterclasses for a couple of months since the beginning of July. So welcome to everyone who's joining. Hello, hello. Sorry if I don't get to do your waves. Um, and this evening we're going to be talking about Montessori babies and what babies need, um, what we need to know as we, wherever we are on a parenting journey, whether we are expecting a child maybe we're hoping to get pregnant maybe we have a newborn and we're in that newborn fog maybe we have a crawling baby our baby's just started crawling they're on the move and suddenly we're thinking ah nothing in my house feels quite appropriate anymore so all about babies is where we are this evening and as I say after a two-month break over the summer let's dive in to some exciting work I've got my candles as usual, my ritual, my ritual of setting intention before we, uh, before I come live has been the same for three and a half years. So I love sort of preparing the space for us. And with that in mind, and sorry, Wiggly, my cat is just out of shot. So she might be appearing as usual with her extremely long tail in the, in the, in the video. Um, so let's begin. Let's get straight in and set our intention for this evening. So I would invite you all to close your eyes and just take a couple of deep breaths and think about what your intention is for this evening what would you like to learn how would you like to expand what would you like to bring forth in this session and of course I'm saying this evening but wherever you are in the world maybe it's the morning maybe it's the afternoon maybe it's the middle of the night just a few deep breaths in, set your intention, and when you feel ready, you can open your eyes. And so, let's dive in. Babies, and specifically Montessori babies, is what we are talking about this evening. And actually, hi everyone who's joining. Um, zooming out for a little bit and not focusing on Montessori philosophy um, what I would like to firstly has our starting point is what do babies and children and adults so all humans what do we really need so the perspective that where uh, from which we look at babies and what they need no matter what their age um, is what do infants really need in order to Grow? What do they really need in order to thrive? And what's a really, really great answer for that is no matter where we um, live in the world, wherever we've grown up, um, what culture we're coming from, ethnicity, um, our needs as humans are the same. And we all go through roughly more or less developmental stages. Um, we all roughly say our first intentional word around the age of one. We more or less 
um, start walking around the age of one. Some children walk at 10 months and of course some children walk at 18 months. But roughly, those are those developmental markers. And so, my invitation for you for this evening is thinking about, not about, you know, this is the best parenting philosophy or this is the best approach and, and whether it's Montessori or it's respectful or it's Waldorf, which has some beautiful, um, beautiful pieces in there, whether it's conscious parenting, mindful parenting, all of those things, put that to one side and think, actually, what is the developmental stage that my child is in at the moment and how can I support that? So without the noise, without the, you know, my way's better than yours, any of that. And that's the framing through which, um, sorry, Wiggly is going mad. My cat's gone completely, she's got the zoomies, so she's going really mad in the background. She's really, dis, uh, she's like running around like a crazy thing and jumping on the loft bed. And, um, so that's the lens. What does my child actually need? What's my child in my care? Um, you know, if we are in the nursery, in a creche, in an in infant community, and what does my child in the home need if we're a parent? So, um, uh, all babies, need bonding so connection all babies need opportunities for freedom of movement and I know that sounds weird for a newborn because they don't actually move very much and all babies need rich language and um, the uh, language that's been spoken is not important in fact if you're lucky enough to live in a multilingual household make sure that everyone speaks their own language it's the quality of language um, so those are the key things we're going to talk about. So bonding um, or connection, uh, movement and language. And then there's another piece that we will talk about briefly. And that's this, what we call in Montessori is the spiritual preparation of the adult. So us um, knowing that uh, when we become a parent, our child is going to teach us more about ourselves than we, uh, if we are open to it, then we, then we realize that actually we don't teach our children anything um, per se, we end up um, learning more about them, learning about ourselves, learning about our own healing journey. Perhaps we have our own um, spiritual path that we undergo, personal growth, all of those things. So there's the practical things and then there's the spiritual piece as well. Um, and that's really, really important because it's part of our unfolding and depends on when we come to parenting, of course, that that will uh, the different pieces and and uh, and steps on our journey obviously um, happen at different stages of our life and that's the way it's meant to work sort of in uh, I love I think it's Carl Jung who said we spend the first 40 years of our life building up our ego and then the second 40 years of our life um, deconstructing our ego and uh, that is very, very amusing <laughs> Amusing for me. I became a mother the first time when I was 38, and then the second time when I was 40, so now I'm, I'm 46. And in terms of that kind of uh, deconstruction of my ego, I can really feel that that's been happening a lot in the past six years. So um, whenever we come to parenting, you know, where, whatever stage in life we are, we all, there's certain life stages that we go to, go through developmental stages, just as our infant, our baby, our young child, um, you know, preschooler, elementary child and adolescent, they all go through their own journey and their own path as well. Um, <laughs> thank you, Harry. Um, he's, Harry says in the comments, no, you are still 28. Um, so bonding, movement and language. Um, and then with our crawling baby as well, um, when our baby starts crawling, it's really, really interesting because then the lens through which we see the world um, is really, really 
different because then we can or when we see our baby's world then we can think about safety which of course is really really important but sometimes what can happen is that we can then focus on safety um, at the expense of autonomy and what we really want to do is have that lens that frame of safety um, so that our child can move freely we don't want to impede movement as soon as they can move because that's a normal important developmental stage that they need to move through and quite often what I see um, is that we've all we're on a big race and we want our babies to you know move and then sit up and then start solids and, and, and crawl and then walk and run and kick a ball and jump and all of those things but actually crawling is a really really important developmental stage in its own right um, it's a it's a complete stage as it were and there's many things in there in terms of balancing left and right brain hemispheres coordination all of these things are honed during the 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 crawling stage of course if your child bypasses crawling I'm not saying that it ha actually absolutely has to happen in that way but what we want to just think about is how I how am I facilitating this developmental stage how am I making sure that my child is um, and I'm as the parent fully immersed in this stage not as soon as they're crawling trying to get them to walking do you see what I mean so it's really that this is where our child is now and um, and immersing ourselves in that stage and learning as much as we can about that stage so we can go ah okay cool crawling crawling might be for two months it might be for five months it might be for six months so actually my son started crawling pretty early at, at sort of six seven months but then he didn't walk for another 10 months so it's 16 months um, and he was out of our, our you know my, my peer group my friends he was pretty much the last one to to um, to crawl and even with you know I'm meant to know what I'm doing and being educated and being in the classroom and work with lots and lots of families still I'm a bit uh, a bit like oh okay this is interesting and my work was really just um, you know trust that process trust that process he when when he's ready he's gonna walk and sure enough he did at 16 months um, so um, what would I like to guide you to next um, thinking about whatever parenting approach you um, you need thinking uh, you follow think about what does my baby need now what does my child need now um, I've got lots of podcasts around this um, with specific details of, of um, preparing a home but what I really want to say is when we look at those three um, areas of bonding movement and language um, what can we do to facilitate that in terms of in the home so uh, bonding it's the practical of a cozy space with which we can in which we can feed our baby maybe that's going to be lying in bed um, uh, maybe that's going to be in a really comfy feeding chair whether we're bottle feeding or breastfeeding maybe that's going to be um, a snuggly reading corner you know perhaps if we have older children we're going to want to make sure we've got a space where the older child can sit with us while we're feeding baby as it were so that they can still be involved they can have connective time when baby Baby's having connected time with us 
Um, so bonding is really, really important. We also want to look at things like carriers, um, a soft, stretchy wrap um, for the first couple of months. So we're mimic mimicking utero as much as possible. So babes really, really close to us, really, really snug and secure. And then we can look at the more structured carriers, you know, from, from there's tons and tons of carriers now compared to when I went on this carrier journey nine years ago with Olivia. Um, the one that we that we stayed with for both children was the Boba, um, which we still love. And I think there's many fancy models from, from when I bought our, our first one nine years ago. But actually that one that's nine years old is still going strong. Um, as it were, it's funny, I found it the other day in the cupboard and I was like, oh, I can't, I can't throw it away, I can't bear to, but it looks still really good. So it, we, we, we had two children that went through the, the boba, I think it was at the time called the 4G carrier. Um, so that I absolutely love, but I know there's Ergo Baby and there's uh, Manduka and forgive me because there's probably hundreds and hundreds of companies that do really beautiful handmade ones now as well. Um, so stretchy wrap for the early weeks. Um, and something I want to touch on is that your first three months, what we call the, the fourth trimester, um, is really this time of snuggling with baby as much as possible. If we're going back to work, we want to make sure as much as possible that we've got that, that really, really close connective time as much as possible, um, as much as our backs would allow, our tiredness levels would allow, wear baby as much as we can so they can smell our skin, they've got the skin to skin with, you know, mum and dad, whatever our situation is, whether it's it's two weeks um, leave or 45 days or six months, whatever it is, use that time to just connect and bond, build up that attachment as much as possible. Whether we're co-sleeping or not, whether we're breastfeeding or not, all of those other pieces that we do they don't um i i read something really important around that 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 those those functional pieces aren't really what makes the difference it's the actual attachment that we're forming you know the smell of our skin the sound of our voice those are the really really important pieces some people will choose to sleep with their baby um, and some people won't and neither of those are right or wrong it's just that the connection of, of the trust when our child calls to us as it were and obviously with a baby calling is, is is cooing or gurgling or crying if it's something more immediate that they need are we responsive to that those are the really really important pieces how can we be as responsive as possible to our babe in those early weeks and months that's what we want to do so we want to prepare our home in a way um, uh, uh, arrange our life for as long as is humanly possible when we're not at work when we're at home so that we can be as responsive as possible um, so that's the bonding piece which is really important movement so this is going to sound really weird but newborns um, very very small babies need to have freedom of movement from um, the earliest moments and the simplest way that um, this can be done is that um, and it's very inexpensive as well so we've got um, a, a movement mat on the floor with a sheepskin on it um, I'll go in I can go into hours and hours talking about sheepskins but um, sheepskin so their muscles are f fully supported so they have a sensorial um, uh, sensorial experience and they have a low mirror on the wall um, so they can see themselves in the mirror. They don't know it's them, they, they just know that it's a baby in the mirror. But that's 
really important for movement. That allows them to develop concentration. Um, it means that we don't need to focus on entertainment. And that's what's really interesting is that so much of what we're told that babies need is sort of entertainment and entertainment, which kind of really, without getting too sort of spiritual and a, uh, and a bit um, alternative, it kind of takes them away from their bodies. What we really want is them to be in the in the present moment. Babies naturally are in the present moment, but we don't want to always think that there's something outside entertaining them, you know, an adult or a push-button toy or what have you. What we can do is, uh, um, is actually provide experiences so they're experiencing the environment around them. So a mirror on the floor is a really, really... Um, uh, a mirror, sorry, at floor level is a really easy way of doing this. So as I said, th this so this movement area will um, consist of a movement mat, a sheepskin on top, that's so babies are really, really comfortable, um, and then looking in the mirror. What's also great about this is that babe will, because the sheepskin is very, very supportive, invariably babies are gonna be really comfortable on their tummy as well as on their back. And I know that that's a real struggle for people. We're told that tummy time is so important, but babe does not feel comfy on their tummy. Um, and so we're kind of reluctant to do it. But if we have this movement area on the floor and we're down there with babe, because it's a snuggly area, right? It's And actually looking in the mirror um, with your baby when they're looking at the same time, there's something so magical about that. So get on the floor, look in the mirror with them. And then of course, the mirror um, will have, uh, you know, different shadows at different times of the day. So there's always something going on. If, you know, a, a newborn can't move that much, so they can't um, move around the room and follow you. But if you've got a mirror on the, on the wall, then actually they're going to be able to see you in the mirror moving around the room. So again, that gives them an extra bit of attachment, an extra bit of security that, that you're close by. Um, so that's the movement part, and there's lots and lots more to that, um, but I'll just stop there because, uh, and the movement part. Just get that set up in a communal space. So that's gonna be um, in your living room, or, I mean, depends on the size of the place you live. You know, I live in a one bedroom apartment, so it's actually uh, quite easy to find just a really, really tiny corner for this to, to go in. If you've got a bigger place where you're moving, you know, there's more space for you to move around in and you're in several different rooms, just think about where do I spend the most time? Where is it gonna be most convenient for me to put this so that I can be as present as possible for babe? You know, if you spend a lot of time, if you're if you're gonna be at home, you or your partner's gonna be at home, and then you spend a lot of time in the kitchen, um, where can that be so that you can still see babe on the sheepskin they can be looking in the mirror you can also make some handmade there's some amazing mobiles that you can get but um your handmade mobiles just from um leaves from the garden dried leaves from the garden was my go-to you know shells from the beach hung up on a little bit of fishing twine on a stick so we can go as um, extravagant as we want if we have the resources to buy these really beautiful handmade mobiles that we, the, the, that are available um, you know that are ethically sourced and all those beautiful things sustainable materials you know bamboo and what have you um, and we can also make our own if we have the time and if we're feeling creative I need to let you know I'm not a, a creative person I'm not great at drawing or sculpting or sewing or any of those things 
but even I managed to make you know um, uh, a mobile of, of dried leaves hanging on a twig so it's not that you need to be extravagantly gifted to be able to do these really really simple things or just a really simple feather that was one thing as well just like a I think I used a piece of wool because that's all I could find or a piece of ribbon and then just hung you know a couple of feathers on there and that's also really really effective and of course the the really really light things like feathers and leaves they will blow in little currents of air you know if you're here in Dubai and you've got the AC on you know those things will naturally move and that's a really um that captures a baby's attention as well so um keep it simple and in line with your uh, in line with your resources you can go all out or you can go really simple whatever works for you um so that's movement and then the third piece i wanted to touch on this evening is language and that's rich language and that means everyone in your home speaking their best language so the most fluent language if you're lucky enough to be in a multilingual household um well done you just get everyone to speak in their best language i mean here um in dubai almost everyone has multiple languages other than us brits who are useless at speaking other languages in general um and you know i have uh, quite a few families who i work with where for example, if they're Lebanese, then one parent will speak in French, one in Arabic, and then the child um, receives English, you know, out and about in the world or um, at nursery and what have you. So there's lots of different options you can do. But as long as everyone's speaking their best language and then everything around that. So you can source some really beautiful books um, in your given language. If you're looking, if you're here in the Middle East and you're looking for um, Montessori aligned, really authentic um uh, books in Arabic. I'd really recommend Maison Tini, which is an uh, amazing kids' concept store here in Dubai, where I'm going to be hosting my baby workshops next month, but I'll talk to you about that in a moment. Um, so find some really, uh, some really, really lovely books. The simpler the better when, when babes are little, and just try and avoid um, uh, anything that seemed to be you know educational for babies and just keep it really simple other children's faces simple pictures of animals you know babies don't need to learn to count they don't need to learn the alphabet all of those things just keep it really really simple and wherever possible real images so real pictures of children rather than cartoons if you see what I mean um, just think about um, the and the the, the simplest um, so that our child can absorb actually what's there rather than lots of things going on at once in a pic in, in picture but when you see the right thing when you see some authentic um, children's books it will really resonate in you be like okay yeah that's that's exactly the right thing for my child just simple beautiful in its own way doesn't need to be complicated um, and uh, and lots of poetry as well, um, lots of poetry, lots of singing, whether or not you've got a good singing voice. Um, so our child's having lots of different exposure to language being spoken in different ways. So obviously when, when a song is sung, it's very different to you know, a normal uh, speech or conversation that, that we're having. And then a poem, again, there's so many different versions um, types of poetry so again it's another way of learning language so um, rich language your best uh, possible language and um, that our future vision is knowing that 
Um, the richness of the language that our children are exposed to in the early years will have an impact on their um, vocabulary, their capacity to express themselves, to communicate, all of those things later on um, in their lives. And a really interesting example that might be helpful is that my um, my uh, my daughter by mainstream standards was a late reader she started becoming proficient in reading in this year this year and she's eight and a half well more than eight and a half she's almost nine um however the amount that that we read together when she's little and lots of audiobooks we listen to a lot of audiobooks as well um and poetry and listen to lots of different songs and there's um you know a wide range of music from, I don't know, Prince to Elvis to, um, I can't think of anyone else, but you know, the Beatles, that's like the Rolling Stones, there's all types of different music as well as classics, as well as music from all around the world in, in Spanish and French and Arabic and, and all, all, all different languages. So the, the, the songs and the variation of songs is, is really, really important as well. So what I really, really saw is that with all the language that Olivia had been immersed in, that when it came to read, when she was actually ready for that reading explosion, her vocabulary is awesome. And it really helped her reading because she had that strong foundation um, of, uh, of reading and recognizing so many words. So when she was tackling big words, difficult words, words she didn't recognize that they're being written. Then when she starts sounding them out, because she's got such a big extensive vocabulary from all the other things we've done, tried to build it up, build it up. Then when she was ready for reading, it makes it so much easier for her. So it's this kind of explosion of reading comes when there's all this stuff being going on in the background. She doesn't need to know every word. She doesn't need to understand every word. She doesn't know how to, she doesn't need to know how to read every single word. But as she becomes fluent, um, in her reading and practices more and more and she's got this big vocabulary to draw on so it's like okay I've actually heard that word being said before and whether she understands the full meaning or not it doesn't matter it's all part of this building confidence so the things that we do I mean everything matters but in terms of language I guess it's and also it's quite a um it can take a long time to show you really how powerful uh, a language is. As I say, you know, Olivia, almost nine, I'm blown away by um, her range of vocabulary, um, just and different ways that she has of expressing things. But just because of that groundwork that we did when she was when she was little, so it took nine years to show. But now I can be like, oh, okay, cool. This is these are the foundations. These are the building blocks we did. You know, throughout throughout the first nine years. Um, so, circling back, we are talking about babies need bonding, movement and language. Also, they really need us as adults to come to parenting knowing that um, they are the teachers, not us. That our role is to guide them um, and step back and let them find their own path. And our role really, as I said right, right at the beginning, is to see our child, what developmental stage they are in right now, and how can I meet the needs of that developmental stage, developmental stage to the best of my ability, according to my resources, my situation, all of those things. But instead of looking at this is how I want to parent, and that's how I want to parent, and this is right or this is wrong, or I'm gonna go on this track. If we can sort of take the 
because those to me are sort of like the the extra layers they're the icing on the cake but the real sponge in the cake is okay what are the needs of my child um, in this developmental stage and of course every developmental stage has its own needs has its own challenges um, but what does my child need right now to get to the next stage right now right now I'm not trying to make them walk when they're crawling that's um, that's just one example or I'm not trying to um, I'm, I'm honoring the stage that my child's in just like I honor my own stage uh, stages and journey as a parent for example um, so that's our spiritual preparation uh, bonding movement and language are the things that every child need there's many more as well but I've just focused on three for the purposes of this evening's masterclass um, I promised that we would talk about the um, forthcoming Baby and Me programs. Um, they are going to be hosted at Maison Tini in Alcuz in Dubai. They start mid-October. What's really exciting is I've got three different um, programs tailored to, you've got it, the developmental stages. So if you are an expectant parent, those are going to be on a Sunday morning. So hopefully um, both partners in a relationship who are expecting a baby are going to be able to come. They're going to be Sunday morning starting um, mid-October. Then I've got the weekday morning sessions which are for um, newborns and for crawling babies. So whether you're expecting a baby, whether you already have a newborn, so newborn to roughly seven, eight months, as long as your baby isn't crawling, the newborn session is going to be perfect for you. And then the crawling babies, once baby is properly on the move crawling, then the crawling baby session is going to take you all the way to when they're a toddler. And in each of those programs, we're going to focus on exactly what we've spoken this evening. Um, bonding, movement and language, how you prepare your home, what toys do you need? Um, what's the best piece of advice um, for this, this and this? Um, and lots and lots and lots of our own internal work. Um, our spiritual preparation, you know, what do we need to clear? What paradigm shift do we need to have, for example, um, where we know at our core that our child is immensely capable. A young baby even has agency. They can make choices, they can decide things for themselves. How can we switch it so we don't see our baby as a helpless, um, pass uh, passive, um, participant in their life but actually an active participant in their life how can we prepare an environment so our um, crawling baby um, can go and get whatever it is that they need to meet their own developmental need that's um, those are really where the really really cool pieces come in and it's so awesome to do this in the context of a workshop program a group program because we have the collective energy we've got the collective wisdom and everyone has slightly different um, questions everyone has their own journey everyone's come from a different home with different parenting you know what's the beauty of Dubai different nationality different culture different traditions and when we put that in this uh, in a container of a, of a group program it's really really powerful that's where we can have the most impact that's how we can set collective intentions and we do a lot of that as well and do lots of interactive pieces to really um, to really solidify the learning and to just create this space of okay this is our learning journey and I'm honored to be in this space with you other women or women and men in this community and we're building community as well one of 
the most challenging things I think when we have a baby particularly when we're away from our home country is finding a community of like-minded parents and that's the other the the other piece of doing this in a workshop program because everyone else on these programs that you're going to join us in at Maison Tini is already thinking on um, this path or a similar path. Hi Huda. Um, so when you're on this journey, you're going to meet like-minded souls, like-minded individuals who are going to hold you on this process, who are going to carry you, who are going to be with you and walk this journey um, with you. So thank you so much. Sorry Huda, you, uh, literally just finishing. Thank you so much for coming um, everybody. Uh, before we do anything else, let us just close our eyes for a moment and think back to our intention that we set at the beginning of the session and breathe in to everything that we've covered, breathe in to any feelings that came up and know that all the wisdom we need is inside of us all we often need is just someone to help us unlock the right combination so we can move to our next level of elevation and of growth. And when you feel ready, you can open your eyes, come back into the room, think about your intention as you move through your week, as you move through the month, it's a very new moon at the moment, isn't it? So lots of nice new intentions to set and cement in, solidify in, and then you can embody that as you move into the world. Thank you all for joining. Hi, Jenny. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful evening. This will go on the grid and on all of the podcast channels in the next couple of days when I get to it. Thanks so much for joining. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.